This past week brought me an incredible opportunity to revisit an ongoing struggle or what I'd refer to as an ongoing emotional struggle that I have really been dealing with probably my whole life. I can't, there comes a certain point which I can only remember so far back in time. But I know that one of the key areas in my life, which uh, there has been, you know, I have done, it doesn't really matter. I don't even want to say that, you know, that I've done a lot of work on, but essentially the, the most important part of that is that the, uh, the work has begun and ongoing, but I am nowhere near uh, at the point where I can say I have done the work or the work is finished. And that is around being an incredibly sensitive type person. I have always been very, very sensitive to the way people talk to me, the tone of voice, the way that in, in, in a lot of cases, I, it took me a long time to learn that they maybe didn't even mean anything by it, but it is that sensitivity to the way people might look at me or speak to me or what they say or a combination. Really, that is, it's a combination of all of those things, you know, behavior that I'm seeing exhibited towards me just in any, in any given moment in time. And I have found that even at 55 years old, I'm going to be completely transparent here and I'm going to be open and admit and allow myself to be vulnerable and admit that I have not outgrown the tendency to get my feelings hurt. And I'm, and when I say get my feelings hurt, uh, the interesting thing about it is when I say this, uh, if someone, you know, if, if, and I realize this too, that when I say someone hurts my feelings, it's not always them hurting my feelings. It's them being whoever they are in the moment because I don't want to be blaming anyone. And even if they, even if they meant to hurt my feelings or hurt me in some way that still at the end of the day, though, it's up to me. And that's really the most important part of this. It's up to me how I react to this. And I had one of these situations this week that really allowed me to understand and experience the benefit of mindfulness practice when someone that is close to me, that's someone that's a friend, that's, you know, kind of like family, really, really hurt my feelings. And and whatever it was that they yelled at me about was, it was very petty. It was really not that important. I mean, maybe it was important to them in the moment, but it was one of those situations where the most important part of this and what I really want to share, it's not, it's not to talk about the fact that someone hurt my feelings. That is, uh, that's just part of it. That's just what happened on the surface. That's just what happened. And what I find is that with most things in life that we feel like happen to us or do, or they do happen to us, it's just a matter of our perspective for, uh, of, of how we see it. But really... What is so amazing to me is, and I've known this, and then I forget it, and then I relearn it through meditation practice and through mindfulness practice, uh, through engaging in other spiritual practices and doing you know, spiritual healing work uh, with people who know what they're doing with these kinds of things. Uh, I find that this is really where the work is. This is where I can find myself suffering if I don't do the work. And if I don't pay attention, then I am going to suffer needlessly. And what's going to happen is, is that I'm going to suffer from the effects of my ongoing sustained reaction 
to something that just happened in a moment in time. And so the long and short of it is all I, all I really feel like I need to share all that is really important is someone that, you know, is a friend, uh, and also really like family, someone who I do, uh, do some work with, uh, here on a local basis. And it was just one of those situations where we were in the middle of working on a project, you know, things were very, very tense. Things were, uh, you know, definitely very tense and very tenuous and, you know, everyone was feeling that and it's, it, it, but at the same time, uh, this person allowed their frustration to manifest itself in them yelling at me about something that really, I didn't really even understand was problematic. Uh, I was really just trying to help. And so immediately, as soon as it happened, what's so interesting is, is that with mindfulness practice, this is one of the most important benefits. As soon as that happened, I immediately became aware of the fact that I was reacting very, very strongly. I mean, I really got bent out of shape internally. I was thinking all kind, and I'm just, and I'm just going to be completely open and honest here that, you know, I was thinking all kinds of horrible thoughts about this person. I was thinking, you know, how dare they, uh, the Buddhists have a phrase, which I love, which is the, the concept of what's referred to as injured innocence. It's kind of like that righteous anger. How dare someone talk to me like that? How dare someone treat me like that? They have no right to, and the thing is, these are what I really want to back up here and say is that everything that I'm getting ready to share, all of my reactivity, all of the ways in which I reacted to this, all took place in the form of thoughts. Every bit of this. And that's no mystery. It's no huge revelation. It, but then again, it is in some way because I know when everything is calm and okay and I'm not under any stress or any strain of any kind, uh, it's easy for me to conceptually understand that it's my thoughts that cause me so much suffering. But when I'm out in the world with other people, doing work, trying to accomplish things with other people, uh, being interdependent as we most of the time are, we can't do everything. But some things we can do ourselves, but a lot of things we have to get done with other people. It's just the nature of the way we live as human beings. And these are basically, this is what happens. And so in the middle of all this, it's really easy for me to lose sight of the fact that whatever it is that's got me really stirred up, really hurt, whether I feel like I want to scream, uh, whether I want to cry, whether I want to withdraw. And I felt, you know, really all of those feelings all at once. There's that, you know, there was definitely a lot of the the thoughts about just withdrawing myself from the situation. You know, there was all the thoughts of, well, you know what, if, if, if he doesn't appreciate me, then you know what, I don't even need to be here. And it sounds ridiculous. I mean, at 55 years old, to imagine myself having like what I call an internal temper tantrum and I'm laughing and smiling because it's, it is humorous, but at the same time though, this is, this is part of the human experience. And I've talked to so many people who have experienced this and do experience this. And I know that at some point in my young life, I remember my mother saying to me, you know, the old saying, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify. I don't know if this is something that is, you know, something that is worldwide, uh, as far as this saying applying, maybe there's different forms of this, but it's all about the idea of teaching children that, you know, words in of themselves are only words and they only hurt if we allow them to hurt us. And the version 
that I heard was the old, you know, the old sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. I mean, I know that can, can be conveyed a lot of different ways, but if it was, if, you know, I, I really must say, if it was only that simple, if it was only that easy, if in the moment when someone, and there again, whenever this happened, you know, I know that we all have, I don't want to, I can't speak for everyone, but as humans, generally all humans I've had this conversation with, which have been many, we all have emotional triggers. There are certain things that happen to us early in our lives uh, that trigger certain things. Just for some people, it's someone yelling at them. For someone, some people, it's, you know, someone being critical of them. Uh, for some people, it is, uh, you know, someone questioning them. For, you know, in some ways, it's someone that's holding authority, trying to hold authority over someone. There's so many different, I mean, I can't list them all, but this is just, the idea here is that part of what hurts my feelings is that it's, you know, not only the way I'm interpreting what is being said, how it's being said, what the intent is, the way that it feels, uh, but I'm also reacting to all these internal unconscious triggers and all this is happening at the same time. And I find that that's why it's so difficult because I cannot, as a limited human being in the moment, uh, be able to stop and actually deal with all of these things one at a time. And so there's the tendency to feel very overwhelmed. And the other side of this is there's a whole other dimension of this, which is, you know, me beating myself up with whatever I think that this person's trying to tell me that's wrong with me. What, you know, what, whatever I think that they think that I'm lacking, whatever I think that they think is wrong with me or needs to be fixed or needs to be different. I'm basically taking that and beating myself up with it along with all of the thoughts, along with all of the reactivity. So no wonder it is so, you know, it's so difficult to, for me to cope with this. And I don't know if anyone can identify. I know we're all wired, uh, you know, differently to a certain degree. We all have different emotional, uh, emotional memories that we store in different ways and the way we react, the way we see the world. But what I find is, is that if I'm not paying attention to my mind before I started practicing mindfulness and mindful coping practice, when I experienced these kinds of things where someone hurt my feelings or I felt like they embarrassed me or somehow called me out or whatever the case may be, I felt like I, you know, I was very, you know, there was all kinds of things happening all at once and that's why it was so painful and I, I, I only could see that once I started practicing mindfulness, once I was able to slow things down in my mind. And there again, it sounds still a little bit complicated. How do you sort all this out? You know, how do you get to a point where you can see these things happening in your mind? It takes practice. And the idea here is not to analyze and write down a list of everything that happened, but really what it's about is just what really changes the game is just being aware. I don't necessarily need to know every single way in which I'm reacting to someone hurting my feelings. I just need to be aware of the fact that I'm that I'm doing that, that I'm reacting to it, that I'm having thoughts about this, that I am, you know, holding on to certain beliefs about my in, injured innocence, about how somehow or even in some cases if, if I'm at fault, then I can still feel like how dare this person say these things to me? How dare they treat me this way? No matter what, it's all emotional reactivity. And when we get this way, 
there's clearly stress. I mean, and I'm, and I'm not a really uh, uh, knowledgeable enough to know on a physiological basis what exactly happens. But this I do know is that if I am not aware of the fact that I am thinking these thoughts, that I'm reacting in this way, what is going to happen is, is that I am going to lose emotional control. I am going to possibly say something to try to defend myself. I may walk away and withdraw from everything and continue to replay this over and over in my mind. I may continue to indulge in feelings of self-pity. I may not, you know, discharge my responsibilities to other people because I'm too busy in a reactive mode and feeling sorry for myself about what has happened to where all I can see is what's happened to myself, to me. I, I can't see anything else. So in order to prevent that from happening, the only thing I can really do, I can't stop the fact that I'm going to react. I'm not, that's not the idea. The idea is for me to be aware of the fact that I am reacting. If all I do at the very least, at the, just in a very minimal way of looking at this, if all I can do in a situation like that is just be aware of the fact that I am thinking thoughts and reacting in some way, there's no reason for me to try to stop this. Just the, believe it or not, and I know as, as, as crazy as it may sound, it astounds me how many times I've experienced having something like this happen since I started practicing mindfulness only, and, I, and it happened on Thursday when this occurred to me. I immediately, almost immediately, I shouldn't say immediately, but very soon after what happened, I was almost, it was like I was in a third, I was like a third party witness watching this from another perspective. I had enough headspace and just enough ability to just separate myself a little bit from this to where I was not completely wrapped up in identifying as the person whose feelings have been hurt, the person who has been mistreated, the, the person who's not been appreciated for what they're trying to do, all of the little stories that I can tell myself about why, you know, how dare they treat me this way. I'm here trying to help. I'm trying to do something. If I, I was able to see those thoughts and I, I literally was able to see all this happening in real time. And, and it's not like I needed to understand it all. I just needed to be aware that it was going on. I didn't even know, need to really know what was going on. And in some ways, not really grasping and holding on to trying to wrap my head around every single thing I was feeling and thinking actually allowed me to relax into this and not need to try to over, you know, get into analysis paralysis. I also find that if I'm so busy trying to figure out exactly what's going on with me, it may feed more of these thoughts. I may actually be unconsciously giving more energy to these things where I really cannot stop my own suffering that I'm causing myself. At that point, once someone has done what they've done, then it's really up to me. I've taken that responsibility. It doesn't It's nothing special. It's available to any of us. But ultimately, practicing mindfulness in some way puts us in a, a different position where we are, you know, essentially taking responsibility for our own reactivity, for our own thoughts, and what we do to ourselves with these thoughts. And by letting go of the need to continue to give energy to all of this reactivity, all these reactive thoughts that I'm having, I can, it can actually relax some. And that's what I found is that I could feel myself starting to contract. You know, once, once it happened, 
once I, st- I could feel myself kind of like off to the races, so to speak, here we go, you know, and, and a lot of this is habitual. A lot of this, you know, it's not like I had to suddenly flip a switch and decide that I was gonna, going to be reactive about this. It all happened in just like in, in, a, in a fraction of a second because that's how we're, we're, we're wired as human beings. And so what I found is, is that I was able to just stay aware. And so what's so interesting is all these thoughts are coming up. I mean, I'm literally just like, literally like, it's almost like it's just an onslaught of thoughts all happening at the same time. And this, this, this desire to withdraw myself from the situation to try to just, you know, I'm going to show them, I'm just going to, you know what, I'm just going to leave if I'm not appreciated. And I, there again, I can't say this without giggling a little bit and I'm not making fun of myself and I'm not beating myself up at all. But I think in some ways being able to look at this more humorously and to see the humor in it really allows me to be able to, you know, be able to expand my own awareness and expand my own consciousness so that I am, I can let go a little bit and not need to take this so unbelievably seriously. And that's really the other side of this is that, you know, if I get really carried away with this, if I'm really in the mode of just fully believing that someone has really hurt my feelings and, and I'm, and I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying, you know, that I'm certainly not saying that I should just, you know, forgive and forget and it never happened. I mean, it's it, what happened happened. And I had an opportunity to speak to this person, but I was able to do it after I had spent some time actually becoming aware of what my thoughts were doing. And once I was able to do that and to be aware of where I was going with this emotionally, then I was able to just let that stuff run off all that energy, all that angry energy, all that righteous energy, all that energy of feeling like a victim. I just was able to let that stuff roll away. It's like, it's like standing somewhere, you know, in an ocean where you can still stand at the shore and you see the waves going basically out towards the ocean. It's just that stuff, just the waves just keep rolling away from me. And then once I get to a point where I know I've got some perspective that it, you know, my heart can then open because that's the other side of the coin is, is that I am aware, I've become aware through continued practice that one of the things that happens when someone says something or acts in a certain way or exhibits some sort of behavior that I refer to as they hurt my feelings, my heart closes up because I, at that point, I can't love them unconditionally anymore. I'm choosing not to. It's kind of like sort of a valve that gets shut off. My heart is no longer open to them because they hurt my feelings. How can I love someone that's hurt my feelings? How can I love someone unconditionally? And so I know now that the only way I can ever get back to normal, so to speak, whatever normal is as a human being, uh, whatever that is for us, I cannot do that until I am able to just let these thoughts run their course. And they do. I find that no matter, no, and, and I can say after 30 years of practicing mindfulness, no matter how angry I have become, no matter how emotionally out of control I am, at some point, this will run its course. And I think in some ways, that's really the, I guess when we talk of the matters of the heart, that that is really what this is about. I mean, it's, this isn't any, you know, I'm not speaking from any particular uh, religious perspective this is really more of a, to me, is more of a human universal spiritual perspective that at some point 
you know, the, you know, this the thing, you know, the heart will open again. This will, this will dissipate. All of these extreme emotions will, you know, go the way they're going to go. And eventually, you know, it's, it's, we're no longer, but if I hold it, we're no longer unless I'm holding on to him. And if I'm continuing to hold on to that and I'm continuing to, you know, replay this over and over in my head, yes, I'm never going to forgive. Yes, I'm never going to move on. I, I really can't even be here. I can't even really fully cope. You know, I can be sort of a walking emotional zombie, I guess would be a way of putting it, where, you know, I might, if you don't know me, you might, it may look like I'm functioning. It may look like I am able to do what I need to do out in the world and complete tasks, but really I'm somewhere else in my head replaying something that has happened that has really hurt me. And then at some point, especially if it's someone that's going to continue to be in my life, I learned the hard way that if I write off everyone in my life because they've hurt my feelings, and I can truly say this because I have been this person before, uh, I, you know, I definitely wrote people out of my life. I definitely said that, you know, that's it. I'm done with them. It's, and it's, you know, I didn't, I did not realize at some point you come to a point in life where if you do that with everybody, then who's left? Who do we, who do we really have? Who can we be connected to? And it took me a long time to learn. And I really believe that mindfulness has helped, you know, the practice has helped me realize that if I want to, if I want to have people in my life, if I don't want to be alone, if I don't want to be isolated in order to have relationships with other people, uh, it doesn't all happen the way I want it to happen. Part of having relationships with people I found, and this is just through practicing and experience that these kind of things are going to come up. If I'm going to have people in my life, I need to have some sort of stable base to plant my or to ground myself in. I need to have some way to deal with the inevitable ups and downs of having really ongoing relationships with people. And this is even if I'm going to work it out in the world with people, I've got to have some way to cope. Otherwise, I'm going to be just a big, gigantic mess. I'm just going to be completely contracted with my heart closed. I will be bitter. I will be skeptical. I will be very closed and not really able to love people unconditionally. And I know that it's hard to function out in the world. I'm not saying it's impossible. I, you know, I was able to do it for a long period of time when I had to, but it is, it's, it's not optimal. I found for myself at least to function out in the world, to be, to have relationships with people and not have a way to cope. And for me, at least, uh, this is, you know, mindfulness practice has ultimately led to what I refer to as mindful coping practice. And really, you know, and I'm sure I've said it probably too many times or many times before at the very least is that mindful coping is really just practicing mindfulness, having a meditative stance of some sort while we're out in the world, out in the middle of, you know, while the storm is happening. And it's really what I also call being mindful on my feet. It's just a way I can't always have the luxury of taking a few minutes to go into a dark, quiet room and to sit cross-legged and to breathe in and out and pay attention to my breath and pay attention to my thoughts as they're happening. Really what I have found is that I do that when I have time to do that and I make time for that. And it feeds my ability to be able to be meditative, to be mindful when I'm actually out in the world where I am vulnerable. I am in a position where people are going to disappoint me, hurt my feelings, take me for granted, uh, not give me everything that I'm due. Uh, there's just a host of experiences 
that I find or, you know, the more people I talk to, I know it's not just me. And I think sometimes helping to remember that it's not just me. I'm not a victim. I'm not a, you know, I'm not someone who is being visited with some sort of punishment. It's just part of being a human being in this world with other people. And the mindfulness practice really does help with that. And the more that I can have that perspective, a little bit of that headspace to not believe everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling, it makes it so much easier to cope with when these kinds of things happen that cause me to react. And I can truly say that one of my biggest struggles, as I probably said earlier, and I think I did say earlier, is the whole concept, the whole idea of having my feelings hurt, of feeling like someone is insulting me or making fun of me or making light of me or pointing out my faults uh, in front of other people with me listening. It's, uh, you know, these are, some of this stuff is real, really can really be rooted in deep childhood trauma. And, and I'm not saying that it's all been like physically traumatic, but it's, you know, can be emotionally traumatic. And as a result of this, I find that through availing myself, not only of mindfulness practice and ultimately that leading into coping more mindfully or being more mindful on my feet. Uh, the other side of this, which I really can't talk about because it is not really my area of expertise. Uh, I don't know if this other is either. I'm just a, just one human being sharing what I've learned on this journey, but that is the whole idea of emotional healing or spiritual healing, whatever you want to call it. And I have found that for a lot of these things, if, if I don't want to struggle with these things recurring over and over and over again and becoming a pattern of the way that I withdraw from life, uh, there are numerous healing modalities that, that people can take advantage of. I'm not here to really speak to anyone in particular, but I do want to make the very important point that mindfulness, while it is a very, very powerful practice, a very ancient practice. And it's clearly a practice that can make a difference in some in someone's life. And I've met too many people that have shared with me how it's made a difference. I, I cannot deny the fact that it is a very, very powerful practice, but it, it, it does not take the place of the other work, which is really just the work of emotional healing. And whether that is utilizing counseling, therapy, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, spiritual healing modalities. There's no right or wrong in my mind. It's just a matter of really combining these two very powerful practices and healing modalities, which has made the difference for me where I can literally share these things with some perspective and not being the person who was isolated from the world for much of my life, not with without enough faith in myself to be able to have relationships with people and the fact that I could actually be empowered enough to go out in the, into the world. And I realize it's gotten a lot more difficult. I realize that things have gotten a lot more uh, tenuous and in some ways a lot more scary with what with everything that's going on right now. And I know in every country in the world, it's a little bit different, but I know that there are some commonalities. So not only are we dealing with just the normal stuff of life that is, you know, and it can be difficult on an ongoing basis, but we're also dealing with a lot of additional emotional energy and reactivity due to what it is uh, just on the economic, political front, socioeconomic front, all of these different things. And I know right now that uh, it's, you know, it's hard enough being a human being, let alone dealing with the stuff that we're dealing with. And I found that it doesn't fix everything. Uh, it's certainly not a magic bullet. It's uh, it's not magic, you know, pixie dust, I think is what they call that, or magic fairy dust. 
but it is a way of doing the work to be able to cope more effectively and to be able to, to be more fully human in the world that we live in right now. And I'm incredibly grateful for that.